Albert Einstein was a very smart Jew. He said, everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, he will live his whole life believing that he's stupid. And this is something that we have to internalize. We have beautiful maestas, but we have so many kids that are very smart, but they can't sit still. Either they're too smart, and then when the Rebbe reviews it, they're bored, so they're fidgety, or they can't keep up with the program. We really built like a lot of yeshivas, but so many of them have like kind of the same tracks. And we need to have yeshivas because we're so big. There's so many kids in Klal Yisrael. So you could have like 5,000 kids, maybe more, with learning disabilities. You could have like 5,000 kids with ADD, 5,000 kids with ADHD, and we can't keep on trying to keep them in, in the regular classroom, and we can't keep on medicating their brains to dull them so they should, you know, and not be fidgety and not be making noise and stuff like that. We got to realize that we can make maestas that have tracks, and it's not insulting, because those kids with ADD, ADHD, many of them are more successful than their counterparts. You know, they said there's one kid that had ADHD, he had ADHHHHHHD, right? His whole school career couldn't sit, was always sent out, couldn't sit, you know? And he ended up becoming this like multi, multi, multi-millionaire, buying, flipping deals, businesses. I mean, so many of successful people did not do well in yeshiva. You know who's working for him? The guy who did well in yeshiva. The guy who... The guy who got an A on all his tests, he's his accountant and he's his controller. They're all working for him. And he flunked out. Now the problem is that while they're flunking out or struggling, they're getting damaged. Their ego is getting bruised. And so many people end up, because they didn't have the regular personality to sit and think and be able to repeat information and, and, and all of that, the zitzflesh to be able to sit for hours in base Madrash, let's say, it's very, very hard. It's very, very hard. I was in Philly. It's very hard to sit for three hours and, and sit and learn slow, be and you know, second say there, you know, it's very, very long, hard. It's not for everybody. So we need to have tracks that are for everybody because not, not only do we not, do we see people who didn't fulfill their potential, but we see people who are broken. They feel like losers because they were losers their whole Life and being stuck in a in a in a school that was not created for them, right? So everybody's a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it's stupid. And we see that the tzaddikim, the ga'inim, the gedolim were smart about it. The stipler had a son, and his son Chaim could not learn be'iyun and sit and be successful in the typical Lamsha style yeshivish learning. They went, they went to the Chazanish. The Chazanish said, take him out. Let him learn on his own. And he became Reb Chaim Kanievsky. In those days, learning Bikiyas, learning Bikiyas, learning Bikiyas, it just wasn't done, especially for the stipple of the God Adar, in Panevish, wherever, wherever they learned probably, I don't know where he learned, probably Panevish. And, and he was brilliant, but he didn't fit into the mold. And the Chazanish said, so he won't be in the mold. And the stipler himself writes, as Askama and Reb that not only he got Bekiyas, but he also got Be'iyon also. 
what would we do? We would put him on medication. We would say, no, you have to learn Be'in, and you have to sit, and if your mind wanders, because you're a Be'kiyah's brain, and you're not a Be'in brain, right? So we got to give you medication. You know, Chaim was, was very wild. It says that there was a, he threw something, and he broke a window or something, and someone wanted to punish him, and the stipler said, no, 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 don't control him. There are many stories. But people become broken when they... Even even without the abuse or the punishments, not being successful, sitting in a classroom with 30 kids, knowing that I'm a pretty smart guy, or I'm very creative, or I'm musical, right, or I'm artistic. These things have like no benefit, especially to a boy, right? I know a boy that was in eighth grade, and the Rosh Hashiva told me, he said, next year this kid needs a high school. And I know that the best high school for this kid Right is a girls' high school. He said, if this kid would go to the girls' high school, he would be geo president every year. He would be doing the plays. He would be the most labadik. He would be in charge of chesed, and he would know. He would know the navi. He would be. He's a top girl. <laughs> Today is a different story. Right? He could show up there. He said he's a. Top, he created mamish to be a top girl, and we said, I know we're going to put him in there. He's a good boy. He's going to go to a regular yeshiva. He's not, he's not dumb. He's a smart kid. And, and we're going to try to squeeze him in the, to be a regular mainstream kid. And he's just never going to... It's not tapping into his inborn qualifications. qualifications and brain that Hashem gave him. And Klaisol is so big now. There were 12 Shvatim. We need 12 styles or at least two or three. And my dream is that somebody should open up a yeshiva and I really think it's going to happen where they're going to learn how best to have 30 kids in a class with ADHD. And they should take, let's say, see this yeshiva can open in Barra Park, take those three, four kids from all the different yeshivas, you'll have m- multiple classes. Not They're not stupid. It's not lower level. They're going to be much smarter. But could be that they're going to be learning Chumash while they're doing aerobics and while they're, you know, they make treadmills for dogs. They make little treadmills. Maybe we'll put each one on a treadmill. They have to expend energy. They're very smart. Do things in a creative way. we got to come up with these things and put these kids in yeshivas and stop medicating their brain because they don't just listen and repeat. It's very hard. You know how many adults will tell you, I'm sure those of you here will agree, how long could you do it for? Put put us all in a fifth grade classroom by the third day, we'll commit suicide. It's just, you can. It's very hard. Or second year base medrash. You could sit for six hours, seven hours, eight hours learning. Some people can. But it's not, if you can't do it, you're worthless. You need to learn Bikiyas. You need to be interested in other things. I have a Rosh Hashiva, a very close friend of mine is a Rosh Hashiva. And he told me, he says, I feel so terrible for my son. He has a son. That is smart, the cutest kid in the world, so musical, and he's like, by us and our family and our structure, it's just, you know, we can let him play Hanukkah by the Masiba, but he's not going to play music, and it's like such a waste. It's like if it would be given, give it to somebody else. Because by us, the whole family is tired, tired, tired. He said, I feel so bad because he has such great qualities for a different family. But in our family, 
now and it was really hard for him to juggle it. He let him have a keyboard. He got him lessons. He was he was smarter than the than the guy giving the lessons. He's a natural talent. And 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 my friend is like, I feel so bad for him because he's automatically stifled because there's no there's just nothing to do with that. So they try to build him up and they try and he's doing great because it's a very loving family. But it's like so many of our kids, they have you know they do great in camp. I could tell you, my kids who did well in yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, most of the major jumps in their steiging came when they came back from camp. Camp, you get up in the morning, you're running outside, it's sunny, it's fun, there's not that much learning, right? And there's fun and fun and playing and swimming. There's a sviva, it's like you're living as a Jew. The davening, the singing, it's, it's really like... So many kids steig. I really wish we should have 10 months of camp and two months of yeshiva. And what we'll have is happy kids. And Reb, think about it. What, what did Reb Volba, the master mechanic of the last generation, he said, the first thing is to in the kinder. First thing is happy kids. And I'm not saying this for real, so nobody should get upset at me. No, we're not looking to shut down all the yeshivas. I'm saying for a lot of kids, the net result will be more Torah, more dveikos, more happiness and closer to Hashem. The learning will be more with a geschmack. They won't feel like, yeah. you know, some kids feel, you look at them in the winter, some of them look so dead. They're just like, it's another day and another day. And they're not feeling this tremendous simcha sachayim of Baruch Hashem. We get to sit and learn all different ages and even base Madrash boys and even older. It's not for everybody, you know. But learning with chios and with fun and with davening and with dveikos and with kalawur and with all of these things together, you see the kids light up. Camps report how they see kids come in very disconnected, and by the end of summer, a lot of them are, they're alive in their Yiddishkeit, because they're alive in their Menschlichkeit. And for you parents out there, you gotta make your kids alive. And if they, if, if they, we can't change everything, but you could do a lot. There's so many things you can do throughout their week, and on the weekends, and at night, to just boost them with fun, good, clean, kosher fun, and outlets that are clean and kosher. Try to make it as festive and as fun as possible so their brains can just have all of this laughter and, and fun and just Shabbos table is fun. It's not restrictions and Yantif is fun and different themes. Well, I'm not a big theme guy. I don't like it either because we didn't grow up with it. But whatever it takes on your level to give them as much fun as, as you possibly can, the more alive and happy somebody is, the higher their Avedis Hashem is, the better their davening is. We all know this. It works for us also. Someone who's doing very well in life, he's able to daven better, he's able to learn better, he's able to function better. Everything is better. And we expect kids that, no matter what, they should just toe the line. We have to be very, very careful because we're going through a different dar. We're going through a dar of a lot of emotional pain. A lot of emotional pain. And kids who don't feel successful and happy in their childhood and in their teenagehood and adult, at any point, they break. Parts of them break, and it ends up being painful. And it affects their ruchnius and their gashmius and their emotional abilities. It affects their marriages. It affects their their whole life. There are some people fifty, sixty years old who are really suffering, and they really have technically on paper 
they're doing very well, but they just really have a lot, a lot of pain. Somebody on one of my chats who's not a TP parent, but he follows a lot and he has issues, he told me that he just went away to a weak trauma center himself. He said he really gained from this really, it's like an intensive week, and he's starting now, he feels like there's hope. And here's a guy who's like 55 years old, and he needs trauma work. And he didn't go through, um, he told me, he didn't go through like very, very bad trauma. He went through just life trauma. Difficulty in school, got embarrassed a couple of times, was bullied, was not so successful. Parents who weren't complimentary, you know, we have people who have gone through a lot worse. But he was so broken that he went away for a week and he said it really helped him. And now it helped him focus on, I got to heal myself. For 50, 60, 70-year-old people to say, I need to heal myself, we can't have that. Because in the next generation, if these kids 20, 30, 40, at the way we're going, when they're 50, 60, they're not going to be like the 50-year-olds today who say, I need to heal myself. They're going to be very, very messed up. We see that they can't function. So the job of every parent and every mechanic is to make sure every single kid is feeling as good as possible about themselves. Because we create that self-image, that self-esteem that they have. If they see that my Rebbe looks at me like a loser, it's imprinting in them, I am a loser. And of course, there are some kids who are losers. And that's what you're getting paid for. Right? Rav Steinman said, everybody remember what Rav Steinman said famously? Right? For the four kids who are doing well in your class, that's, that's your Eilam Hazeh. For the four kids who are struggling, right, in your class, right, that's, that's what you get paid for. And for the four kids who are losing in your class, right, that's your Eilam Haba. Right? Everybody has kids that are losing, and that's your job, to focus in on them and to make sure that they don't feel broken. They don't feel like losers. They don't feel like, my Rebbe doesn't like me, my teacher doesn't like me, my parents don't like me. Rabbi Yitzhak Zilberstein Shlita said that the home has to be an oasis. He says, kids get kicked around emotionally. Some of them have a lot of difficulty in school with friends, with chaverim, right, or with sitting with marks scholastically if they come home and they get more tension right then where are they going to go where are they going to run away to he says you have to give them a hug when they come home you're safe you survived now some kids great they love school ashracha wonderful beautiful much easier job of course but the ones who are really struggling they need to come home and you need to give them this hug and, and give them all that love that you are good and I like you and we like you. And sometimes it's very hard. And for that, that's your Eilam Abba. That's very hard. But if not, they eventually get older and they're bruised. They're bruised. They're damaged. We have to make sure that none of our kids are bruised and damaged. We don't want kids walking around thinking that they're stupid. Any kind of a situation that makes a kid feel that they're stupid is we're going to pay a, we're going to pay a heavy price for that, and a lot a lot of times they're not stupid at all, and they come back around ten years later and they use their brains to destroy, they create organizations to hurt us. There's a lot of hatred towards you know this whole system that never believed in me, you know. And if we don't know how to deal with them, we still have to realize a lot of them are smart, a lot of them are not smart. It's okay also not to be smart, and a lot of them struggle, and a lot of them are challenging. But we know from our G'daylum, from Rav Steinman Zatzal, from all the G'daylum, we can win over every kid. Rav Steinman Zatzal said there's no such thing as chutzpah. 
said, no kid comes to school to be chutzpah and fail. Everybody wants to be a winner. Nobody comes home, and you, you say, what do you mean? Every day he comes home angry. Nobody wants to be that kid. There's something bothering them. They need to be showered with love, with respect. That's the piece that when the, when the self-respect is broken, you're dealing with a miserable human being, and we're not different. You see in shul, somebody doesn't get the right covered, and you see that in his life he's broken, and he's always trying to get covered, he's putting other people down. All the troublemakers, everybody out of the mainstream, there's a reason. It's always pain. So you, parents, have so much control, because I believe that you can boost your kid's self-esteem about 30-40%. Whatever it is, if it's 20, you can make it 60. If it's 70, you can make it 110 if it's zero, you can push it up. You can push because if my mother and father like me, like, sides for love, like me, I have value. A kid that I knew very, very well, a good friend of mine who had a very horrible life, he told me once before Pesach, he said, my mother and father don't like me. And if they don't like me, I'm not likable. And if I'm not likable, I have no reason to live. And a few days later, he tried to kill himself. And he almost succeeded. Very, very close. So besides I love you, I love you is, like I always say, I love you, you have to say it, but it means I w- it's about you. It's, it's not about you. I love you is about me. I would love you even if you're special needs, even if you're Down syndrome. I would love you. I love you. It's in the Bria. I like you is a totally different level of compliment. It means you're likable. Means you have you have value. You're a likable person. I like you. It's very very powerful. We use both, but it's our job to make sure every kid that their self esteem is protected, that nobody is breaking them anywhere. Sometimes, like you said, Mama Bear has to come out of the closet and make sure to protect our kids from being hurt, from being bullied, from being put down. And it's it's really up to you, parents, to do the job. Every compliment. Every compliment, every compliment, every fun, every outing is so, so, so important. And your kids know how you feel about them. If they think that you think of them as stupid or bad or lazy, you're putting that imprint in their mind. And they fight against that their whole life. They could be beautiful and successful, but there's a voice inside of them, right? I'm nothing. I'm not good enough. Who put that voice inside of them? The strongest chance it's for mom and dad and if it comes from anybody else and mom and dad flush it out you have the most power to overcome those voices trauma does that trauma makes you feel like a nothing trauma trauma childhood trauma makes you feel like a nothing even when you're 20 30 40 you feel always like you're nothing you could be everything and you feel nothing Mom and dad constantly complimenting. That's why we work so hard on giving over the messages that you are valuable. You have value. I love you. I love spending time with you. I feel calm when you're around me. We had a parent that wasn't feeling well. I said, use it to your advantage of healing the kid. He called over his son. He said, can you just sit with me? Why? Because I just, I feel calmer when you're next to me. That self-esteem boost it's amazing, amazing. Ask them their opinion. When you ask someone your opinion, you show that you're machshiv them. For our kips in stage four, I have to add, don't listen to them, because. <laughs> but ask them and work with them. But on the little kids, boost them, ask them, speak to them. 
Little kids, we think, have no feelings, but they have feelings just like an adult, and they can be broken and damaged, mamash, like an arm that breaks, a leg that breaks, a hip that breaks. And when they're older, they're walking with a limp emotionally. That's what it is. You see people get very angry or people drink too much or people curse too much. It's because of what they went through. It's because of their pain. And and it takes so much. It could be 50 years of therapy that doesn't work. And people are going for all these psychedelics and trying to get the trauma out of them because of the insult and because they they weren't insulated by this bubble of love that everybody needs. The Nesiva Shalom, understood this 50 years ago. It's not American. It's before the unconditional love of the psychological world. 50 years ago, he said that you have to respect your children. doesn't mean you have to stand up for them. It doesn't mean you have to bow down to them. And it doesn't mean that, that you can't have rules. But treat them, they're a human being. Right? You're, they're human, you're, you're dealing with a human being, not, a, not a, a pawn on a chess piece. You see some people say, get out. Get out of here. It's a human being. They're damaged from that. You could say whatever you want, say it nicely. And he says, how far does this go? He says, it's asur to tell a child Say men hacheder, leave the room. And I was what? He says you should say, please go to the other room. What's the difference? You're allowed to say I need the room now, right? You're allowed to say that you're having a meeting and the kid is sitting there. You're allowed to ask the child to leave the room, but you ask him respectfully, leave the room. What? What is he? He's a piece of garbage. Leave the room. Please, please, if you don't mind, can you please go to the other room? Please go to the other room. You're treating him like a mensch. And when I saw that, I realized, wow, ad kedekach. So how many mistakes are we making? Clean up your food. Don't command your child. And this has nothing to do with rules and boundaries and consequences and teaching and chenuch and punishment, which you should be careful about those things and only follow chenuch's farm. We're talking about when those things are not negeya. How? To deal, the approach of dealing with human beings, even a, a little kid, respect them. When parents are disrespecting the kid, get out of here. What are you doing? Like, just, you wouldn't say it to, to your boss, don't say it to your kid. Just be nice. And you may have some uncomfortable things that you have to say. I have to take this away from you now because you didn't behave. You know, punishments or whatever. Yeah, fine. But even that needs to be done with a tremendous amount of respecting it's a human being. Otherwise, they're bruised. And when they're bruised, bad things happen. And as Gullus goes on, the bad things that come out of bruised children is worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And whatever we dreamed that Gehenim could be 20 years ago, 10 years later, that was like a dream. I wish, I, I wish, wish we had that. Right, and then now, ten years later, now compared to ten years ago, what what kids are going through is so much worse. And Hashem Yirachim, what's coming in ten years from now, we can't even fathom it. So we're raising now kids, whatever age they are, and even if they're older, you can apologize for the past if you were rough. Start treating them like a mensch. Show them that you respect them as a human being. Yeah, if there's a problem that comes up, you deal with it the way that you have to deal with it, also carefully. But in between problems, respect, respect, respect. We'll end with this. Rabbi Gamliel Rabbanovich said that his mother said, and I thought it was a joke, but he told it to parents and he wrote it in the Sefer, and he said 
that his mother said, if the luchais would be given today, it would say, Kabed as bincha vespitecha. <laughs> and so he said, that you have to treat kids today with respect. And then he told his parents, TP parents went to him, he gave them a bracha that to come here. And then when they left, he said, G'dayng, to remember, Kabed as bincha vespitecha. Laman yarichon yomecha. You know, <laughs> you want to live a long life? You don't want to have kids rebelling against you. The Rambam says what? Yeah, the Rambam says that the Rebbe, this kashem, kashem that the children, the same way that the children have to respect the Rebbe, the Rebbe has to have respect for the kids. Yeah, human decency, human respect. Think about the, the people we look up to with who had a nova. They treated everybody nicely. Just be nice.